Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Willie Scott Building in beautiful Midtown Chesapeake, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your hosts, Rob Floyd and Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Dreamscape. When you close your eyes, the adventure begins. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Welcome back after a long hiatus. <laughs> well, I mean, it hasn't been any longer than we've had to skip before. Yeah, it just feels like it's been a while. But I hate that we're not on a great schedule. We keep trying and yeah. life just keeps getting in the way. Yeah, real life keeps throwing curveballs. Nothing major, just it seems like one little thing after another. And then, oh, can't record tonight. Oh, can't record tonight. Oh, can't record tonight. You know. But, but we, that's not what we're here for. No, we're recording now. And uh, the movie Dreamscape, 1984. Pretty cool little movie, actually. Yeah. I'd seen it years ago, and it's and it's one of those I kind of forgot about, but mm. it's not a forgettable movie, though. Once uh, somebody mentioned it the other day. Yeah, Chris, uh, one of our cast members, Chris, mentioned it to me. I can't remember what brought it up, but he mentioned it, and Rob was standing there, yeah. and we were like, hey, I, I've never seen that, and I don't know if Rob had or not, but... Yeah, and then I remembered, and a lot of it came back to me, and uh, it's it's... Like I said, it's a pretty cool little it's movie. It's neat. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> one of those films where it's like three different kinds of movies rolled into one. Yeah. You know, it's like a bit of sci-fi, a bit of thriller, a bit of action. Mm-hmm. And it's got a little humor in it, but it's yeah. not a humorous movie. And a little bit of suspensey horror. Yeah, kind and, of. A, and a underlying, yeah, a little bit of a romance, but that's not the major part of the story. And yeah. it doesn't sidetrack to that a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's done well overall. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's only about an hour and a half, 99 minutes long, something okay. like that. Yeah, it wasn't long. Uh, and it packs a lot in. Yeah. And moves moves pretty good. Moves pretty quick. There's no slow, dead parts to it, I don't think. No, no. I, I mean, it was a, a, not, I can't say action-packed, but there was a lot going yeah. on. There was, um, you know, constant yeah movement. And it doesn't go off into any boring tangents of, the characters' personal lives or anything like that, no, or, you not know, really. relationships. It's like it keeps to the story. Yeah, yeah, and you everything know. that you get that was personal actually is directly plot related somehow. Yeah, it just advances the characters. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, I mean, know? but like everything that they they talk about on personal level, like the romance part, that the romance part added to him being able to do stuff that he didn't know he could do before. And, yeah. you know, the bookies that owed him money or that he owed money to ended up helping him later in the story. Yeah. So, I mean, all those things that were just character building and whatever also were plot related. So oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of... But, kind you know, of, like a lot of... Like a, what I was kind of getting is like a lot of movies nowadays where it goes, tries to get real dramatic about yeah things and it's not needed for this type of movie. Right. Stuff like that really just bogs down a lot of movies and... This was a fun a fun ride. Yep. I think it's one of those that kind of falls under the radar of a lot of people. Well, it certainly fell under my radar. Yeah. And, you know, we tend to watch a lot of weird stuff. But it came out uh, in 84. In the same year, three other dream-related movies, came, or two other dream-related movies came out. Brainstorm was one. Okay. Which we may have to watch at some point. Brain manipulation mm. type of stuff in that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I was going to say one of them's Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. I know. So it's weird how these things came in, it, it kind of cycles. Three yeah. movies about That's how brain. it always happens, Yeah, it does. it does. It's like somebody in Hollywood gets word of some particular plot and, oh, I could do something with that. Yeah. But this one, the plot of this one, 
Uh, well, first, let's talk about the cast a little bit, okay? Yeah. You've got um, Dennis Quaid. Right. Charming. Very. You know, he's got that grin. Mm-hmm. Uh, his face is like made to have a grin. Yeah. <laughs> Kate Capshaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ming the Merciless, you know. Um, <laughs> who's just good good in everything. Yeah. I Eddie just, Albert. I love his voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Albert from Green Acres. Ah, he's yeah. playing the president. Right. Oh, Christopher Plummer. Well, you from, can't forget Christopher Plummer. Yeah, from Star Crash. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the sound of music. <laughs> no, Star Crash. Um, and David Patrick Kelly from The Warriors and Commando and, you know, geez, it's been a ton of stuff. And John Wick is a recent. Oh, gosh. I didn't the cleaner. put that together yeah. somehow. Yeah. Okay, now I got to go watch that again. Darn, twist my arm. Yeah. And David Patrick Kelly playing a smarmy bad guy. Mm, yes. So the plot of this thing uh, doesn't start off with Dennis Quaid at the racetrack. Is what we see first. Um, first, we see them working something at the the, oh, uh, the lab. At the lab. And, no, no, it wasn't even at the lab. It was just a meeting, and they were they were talking about what can happen. And he was putting it. The doctor was putting it before Christopher Plummer, and oh, they talked yeah. about they talked about um, they talked about Dennis Quaid's character. Alex. Yes, Alex. And they said, yeah. you know, let's. I want that guy. And they said, well, if we could find him, we'd get him. But he ran off or whatever yeah, from my he last didn't experiment. Uh, be a part of it anymore he didn't want to be in the rat and that was before this experiment yes yeah um but then we meet him at the racetrack and he's watching the horses go and a horse wins and he kind of smiles and you see the paper he's holding he's got the horse's name circled it's like he picked the winner right way beforehand and you get the impression that he does this quite often yeah and he's going to collect his winnings and two guys come running after him and apparently he owes them money for something which i don't quite understand because if he it's kind of, oh no wait he owes them money because they figured that he's somehow rigging the race or somehow knows the winner so he he they think he's cheating because he's psychic and somehow he knows who's going to win yeah but he owes them money from something beforehand does he yeah because they're there to possibly, collect i don't know that's what i'm i can't remember but anyway because I mean, he's constantly that just serves winners. to get them introduced into the story yeah it does it doesn't matter it's just and to keep money. him on the go and make him jump into the car with the other guys in a minute. Right. So he ends up, he's coming out of his apartment the next day or whatever. And he sees them down the street and these other two guys come or come up to him first and say, uh, yeah, Dr. Paul Von Sydow would like to see you. Oh, and uh, I can't remember his last name and he doesn't want to go, but then he sees the other guys coming after him. He owes money. He says, okay. You know, he jumps yeah, in the car. Like, I think, I think better on the go. Let's get in the car. Yeah. So they get in the car and he goes away. And he then getting, they won't let him out when he decides he wants to get out. He's yeah. like, uh, we were instructed to bring you in. Yeah. And actually, those two guys work for Christopher Plummer. Yeah. And not Von Sydow. Right. Christopher Plummer is a government official. Yeah. Who's working with Von Sydow on this dream experiment thing. Right. And the two guys who get him in the, get disquieted in the car, actually, character actors you've seen in tons of stuff. Yeah, we were watching it. Rob said, that guy. And yeah, then he the, saw the other oh, one. Yeah. He's like, oh, and that guy. And that guy's name is Peter Jason. And he was in They Live. He's the guy that tries to show Roddy Piper the mm. sunglasses and stuff. Okay. And then Chris Mulkey, I think is the other guy's name, who's been in everything. He was in TV from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and some movies here and there. And Right. Oh, those faces again, like you just said. Oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that rounds out about everybody. Oh, oh. Did we say, uh, we saw Norm, right, from Cheers? Oh, no, we didn't say Yeah, Norm. George Wentz in this, too. He plays a horror book writer. He's Norm. Yeah, he's Norm. Anyway, first time we see him, he's in a bar. So it's like, Norm! Yep. And he doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose in the story, except to get Dennis Quaid 
curious about what's going on. Well, no. So Norm Norm knows that something's up. Yeah. So unbeknownst to Alex, uh, he's he's been brought into this program. Well, one because he's psychic, and they believe that he can enter people's dreams using yeah. this equipment, right? Yeah. Well, that that's the that's the whole um, basic plot well, of the movie. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the basic plot. But yeah. Norm is writing an article or a book or whatever, book. and he's going to try and uncover the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is more about the fact that they're developing essentially dream warriors to enter people's brains yeah. as a weapon to kill not them to you know thing. take anything off of yeah. elm street but yeah they want to use them as weapons to yeah. go in and kill in dreams and then of course there's no way to to prove yeah. that there was any but death von Cedal, or any murder his research is to try to get people to go into dreams to his therapy to help people that are having right nightmares or, or or some mental breakdowns or dysfunctions or you know whatever yeah but plumber wants to use it as a weapon exactly and uh but norm oh you know he's he's a horror book writer is his character in this was he okay yeah. his name is charlie prince not stephen king <laughs> not stephen but, king uh, not stephen <laughs> king charlie prince um but anyway so dennis quaid gets there and then he meets kate capshaw and he immediately is smitten with her yep and, he, and she's another doctor there. Yeah. And he reunites with uh, Von Sydow, who he worked with years ago when he was younger. And you get the impression that that uh, Von Sydow's character was was pretty much a father figure to him. Yeah. They both like each other. But, but he didn't. But Alex didn't want to be used as a, a government experiment anymore. Yeah. He doesn't want to be a part of the whole research thing. But they genuinely like each other. Yeah. And it comes across. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that relationship. It was it was easy to pick up on, but yeah. it was yeah, I liked it. Was good it. acting, you know? yeah, it was. And he sees, while he's there, he sees this kid who has nightmares, and um, this guy tries to help him but can't help him, and this other guy is having a problem, and uh, then he meets David Patrick Kelly, who's comes across it. He's very threatened that Alex is going to take his take place his as the top in, guy. Yeah, in which he doesn't even want to really be there. Yeah, know? that's right. He doesn't care. He's yeah. he genuinely wants to help people since he's there. Yeah, and he met that kid who had terrible nightmares. And you said that the one one dream guy couldn't help him. It, it wasn't that he couldn't help him. It's that he couldn't help him, and he went insane. They took him away. Yeah. Well, you get the you get the idea that maybe David Patrick Kelly was influencing it or something. Maybe um, the whole time. Because he's apparently more powerful than he lets on at first. Yeah. You know? uh, the first time they sent Dennis Quaid into some, this guy's dreams, I forget what issues the guy's having, but the dream is he's a construction worker and he's, yeah. he's getting ready to fall off a ledge and Dennis Quaid goes to help him. And they both are hanging off this girder and then he starts falling and falling and falling and he wakes up. Yeah. But he realizes that he did it. And they're like, okay, you can do this, you know. Yeah. And later on he goes into this kid's dream with the kid because he's having these horrible nightmares about this snake monster coming to get him yeah and he wants to he wants to try and help and the the doctor told him i think the only thing you can do to help him is make him face his fear yeah. so good luck with that gotta go face the snake monster yeah, and, and he, the snake monster was done as um uh it was part, stop motion right well it was part, partly part guy in suit and then part stop motion yeah and it looked great it did it was really cool you know, this, this gets me i was reading some reviews on this movie today and some of the reviews i just gotta say were done by morons um <laughs> well it's people who who anything that's old is bad yeah i know and anything that's new is good if it was old it was cheesy yeah and they're saying how old the effects were you can tell this movie was so old <laughs> and the effects were uh so cheesy and 
uh, bad and, you know, and, and today we have CGI and God, what a moron. The artistry it takes to do that kind of effect. It's amazing. You know, and it looked great. I, I thought. mean, the people who worked on stuff like that pioneered the fact that we have CGI today. Yeah. So, And you do, you have to take it with a, a grain of salt in, in the time that it was done. Well, I mean, sure. Most CGI, no matter how good it looks, your brain tells you, you it's, tell. it's computer generated. Yeah. It's a cartoon. It's, there's right. nothing really there. So there's no real threat. Yeah. You know, and it bores the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, I've um, seen some really good CGI I have, and but, I, it's okay. And it's like, oh, cool. But it's all a cartoon. Yeah. It's I all mean, done inside a computer. I can't, I can't know? talk too much shit about CGI because we got uh, Luke Skywalker again. So I'm happy. Yeah, when it accentuates <laughs> stuff that's really there. I know. Fine. Like the Wolfman. The yeah. remake of the Wolfman. Yeah. That was part, mostly it was traditional makeup. Yeah. But they use computer technology to enhance, enhance transformations it. and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's working the tools hand in hand, you know. Yeah. But getting back to this movie, though, the stop motion, yeah, it was stop motion, but it was physically something being manipulated and worked. It was right. there. And the guy in the suit was a guy on set in the suit in front of the people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it looked good for, you know, it could have looked really bad. I mean, I've seen some that look really cheesy and really bad. And this looked pretty good. That's very true. Um, it did not take me out of the movie at all. And especially being that the movie, it takes place in the dreams. Yeah. Looking a little weirder like that. You know, it's kind of it makes what it, it should look like. Yeah. Yeah. If it looked too realistic or I don't know, it, it just works for me. It worked yeah. really good for me. So but, if you couldn't couldn't guess, uh, he makes it into the dream with the little kid. Yeah. And he ends up getting the kid to kill the snake monster. Yeah. Yeah. He grabs the snake monster, hangs on to him and gets the little kid to kill him with a whatever he had. I can't yeah. remember. So he's cured of having nightmares. Yeah. Now. Yep. Yay, kid. So then after that... When I, throughout this, during this, at some point, we meet the president. Yeah. And he's having nightmares of starting World War Three. Yeah. It's like and, nuclear explosions yeah. and And the nightmares are getting so bad that he's just not sleeping and it's wearing on him and, you know, he's not going to be able to function. Yeah. So Christopher Plummer convinces him that he should come to yeah. the... Who apparently is friends, been friends a long yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. He convinces him he needs to come to the, the lab or whatever and have the people there help him. Yeah. Now, during this time, too, before the president gets there, Dennis Quaid uh, meets Norm, and he tells him what he knows, and... I had to let you know you're in danger. Christopher Plummer's guy's been following Norm, mm -hmm. and he and Quaid kind of go on the run, and they come after him, and they end up killing Norm, and they capture Quaid, and Christopher Plummer let, lays it on the line, what's going on, and they're in a car, and uh, Dennis Quaid ends up jumping out of the car, rolling down a hill, and running away. So they get the president in the Dream Institute, and they're gonna say they're gonna try to help him. They get it, try to get a night's sleep, and we'll start tomorrow or whatever. Right. And uh, David Patrick Kelly's room is next door, mm -hmm. so he doesn't need the Dream Machine to go in. And uh, oh, yeah. well, but before forgot, that happened, yeah, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, go ahead. Dennis Quaid. Alex decided uh, he was gonna go visit with um, Jane. Is that her name? Well, he's been he's been getting smitten with her, and he asked her out to out to dinner, and she won't go. Yeah, was so, it Jane? Did I say the right yeah, name? Okay, yeah. yeah, she wouldn't go. So then she stays in the in her office, and they has a couch and stuff, and and is working, and she falls asleep on the couch, and Dennis Quaid goes to talk to her and sees her asleep on the couch, and so he sits on the chair next to her, and just decides he's gonna enter whatever dream. Yeah, well, he she's tries having. to meditate and tries to calm himself down. Well, to he see does he, it. It's, it's well, no, he does. He puts his hand up to his and like he's 
trying to prepare yeah. himself. It's all the same stuff that they have him do before he's yeah, does but he's that. just not hooked up to a machine, right? Exactly. This but is now the he's first not on time. a machine. So he ends up entering the the dream with her, and she's on a um a train sleeper car, and um he goes in there, and they start making out and go to have sex, and then he she wakes up, and he wakes up with her. And she starts going off on him how violated she was and yeah. how it was wrong. And he said, yes, I know, I know. Or like, I think have done he it, said, it was wrong. Yeah. And he said, but you're missing the point here. And she said, what's that? I didn't need the equipment to enter your dream. And then she was like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now it doesn't matter what you did. You you made medical history. Yeah. So then, of course, we we so, yeah, have set up the earlier, fact that, then, yeah. that the bad guy, that Tommy Ray, can can do this as well. But yeah. nobody knows that. No. Until this point. Until this point. And uh, it's cool because we get to Tommy Ray's room and you've got posters of Bruce Lee all over his walls and Shokasugi and the Ninja. Right. Yeah, Revenge you know, of the it's Ninja. a shame that he likes good people and he's a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the president goes to sleep. Christopher Plummer goes to Tommy Ray's room and said, okay, go. Yeah. And... Uh, he starts to try to go to sleep and get into the dream. And, and during this, Dennis Quaid is coming back to the dream Yeah, well, institute. He's, yeah, he's having to break in yeah. and sneak in. And he finds out that the him. henchmen have killed Max von Sydow. Yeah. And um, Kate Capshaw takes him to the room. This is She said, okay, this we're just under the presence room. It should be close enough for you to make contact. So yeah. he like lays on the desk and tries to focus. And he, he makes get, it in yeah. there. Yeah. And he talks to the president, and then Tommy Ray comes in in a ninja outfit with nunchucks with throwing stars on the bottom of them. Yeah. The, and he's like, stage. haven't you figured it out, Alex? It's a dream, Alex. You can do anything you want in here. He, you know, proceeds to make the dreamscape whatever the hell he wants it to be. Yeah. And oh, eventually Alex figures it out. And he turns into the snake man. Yeah. From the other dream, because he walked in on Alex in the cafeteria or whatever drawing a picture of what he saw in the dream yeah and he said oh that scare you he said yeah it did it, was, it really bothered me yeah. you know, whatever he said yeah so he turned into that and it's a little different version yeah it, it looks like tommy ray's face well when he starts to transform back yeah but first it, first it gets a big, big cobra head. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty cool looking yeah anyway they do battle and the president ends up killing him yeah and so he cures himself of his nightmares and in the dream, Dennis Quaid tells him that it's Bob. His friend Bob is doing this. Yeah. And so when the president wakes up, he immediately says, okay, I'm leaving. And Bob's like, oh, Mr. President, you probably shouldn't do this. He said, no, Bob, you don't tell me what to do anymore. Yeah. And I'm going to shut so you down. There's something about Bob's position, but I don't remember what it is. Because yeah, he's, he's like, he, he, you know, I'm untouchable. You yeah, can't touch me. Like, they and the never president say, agreed. So No, they never say CIA or whatever, but you know some... Gov- shady yeah. government organization that is he's he's got everything. something that allows him to be untouchable supposedly yeah. but i thought what a stupid comment that was you got to sleep sometime yeah, but he doesn't <laughs> think he's untouchable yeah and he doesn't know that dennis quaid has done anything that's true he doesn't know he's even back yet that's true you know? too but as the president's leaving dennis quaid is coming out the other door and the president the secret service guy's trying to stop dennis quaid and the president's like no 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 it's okay okay give me a minute and he thanks Dennis Quaid for what he did. And he yeah. says anything, you know, you got, we'll give you protection, whatever you need. He's, I think I should deal with this on my own. And so the next thing we see is him and Kate Capshaw walk away. Then it's like the next day you see Bob, Christopher Plummer walking down the hall in, you know, the Institute or some office building. And he opens the door to an elevator and isn't Dennis Quaid right there? Yeah, I think the so. Elevator? Yeah, in the elevator. Yeah. 
and he does something. He turned, doesn't he turn into the snake or something? Oh, he might do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but it ends like that. Yeah. And you're like, ah. Yeah. He got his. <laughs> you know, which I, I'm well, it doesn't exactly end like that. Oh no no no, that's right. <laughs> it cuts to it cuts and then goes to the train another train car with yeah. Kate Capshaw and Dennis Quaid. Okay, we're taking a vacation. Yeah, let's do this. And then they're kissing in the train car, and the guy comes, tickets please. And they look, and it's the same ticket guy from the dream. Yeah. And they look at each other like, what? And like, no. Yeah. <laughs> then it ends. Yeah, I immediately thought when he when he's in the dream of the president and he tells yeah. him that Bob was was doing, I'm like, well, that's how he's gonna get Bob. All he's gonna do well, is, yeah. is go. You know, wait for Bob to go to sleep now and take yeah, care no of business. Yeah, no kidding. I, I don't know. I mean, regardless of the fact that he didn't know that Alex was back at the building or that Alex mm-hmm. had even done anything to save the president, he didn't know that at this point, I guess. Seems like he, he would still be on that, guard. Yeah, he still knows that this thing can happen. So uh, I don't know unless, why he didn't figure that out. Unless he's, you know, one of those guys who, who thinks he's completely untouchable. It'll yeah. never happen to him. How dare it? Nobody would dare do that to me. Yeah. Well, maybe you he know. figured, maybe he like was blackmailing somebody or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. we can speculate all day. It doesn't matter. He got what he had coming to him. Yeah. Work. Now, this movie, it, it, had, it was a low budget movie. Of course, it was a $6 million budget, which, again, like I always say, wouldn't cover catering on movies nowadays. <laughs> uh, but it made 12.1 at the box office. Most so, successful. Yeah, it doubled its money back. And this is in 1984 dollars. Wow. So that was pretty good. There was something, uh, was, oh, yeah, apparently, and I didn't really look this up. I just read this to see. But there was, in the love scene, you know, with on the train. Mm-hmm. In her dream? Yeah. Yeah. In the version, the American version, there's no nudity. And they did that on purpose to keep a PG rating so you know, more people could yeah, see it. sure. Dennis Quaid takes his shirt off and she like unbuttons hers and that's it. Mm-hmm. But in the European release, there is nudity. Well, we saw the American version. Yeah, and I need to look that up because I don't think I've ever seen Kate Capshaw naked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you have a chance. Which would be a treat, unless it was a body double. Yeah, you know? it could have been. Now, we watched this. Where did we watch this? It was on Tubi? I believe it was Tubi, I think. It definitely was streaming. I think it was Tubi. Yeah, probably Tubi. They have tons of great stuff. Quality yeah. was good. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't look up to see if it's on Blu-ray or DVD. I'm sure that it probably is. I did find, I didn't get to watch it yet, but on YouTube, there's an interview with Dennis Quaid, a re- relatively recent one. Oh, about from this the, movie? From the looks of him. We're talking about working with the director. Oh, cool. So I need to get back and, and check that out. Yeah. Who was the director for this? Do you remember? Uh, I do not remember. It wasn't anybody that I was like, oh, you know. Oh, okay. It wasn't gotcha. like, oh, Joe Dante. You know, yeah, like yeah. that. But uh, Dennis Quaid, like I said at the beginning, charming guy. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys, he's on the screen. It's like, okay, you're going to believe what he says. You know, yeah, he's gonna, yeah. And he's pleasant to, to watch, charisma. You know, it's funny because he is one of those guys. I'm surprised I haven't, like, wanted to watch him in more things. Yeah, and he's done Normally when I find somebody I like, I try to seek out their other yeah. stuff. And he's done a lot, but he mm-hmm. hasn't done a lot of big stuff. Yeah, you know? maybe that's it. Uh, Kate Capshaw, very pleasant. They had a, their chemistry together was fine. Yeah. It wasn't great, but it wasn't off-putting. You know what I mean? They yeah. did okay. They were okay together. Sure. And again, Von Cedal, pleasure anytime he's on screen. Yep, indeed. This one, I'm and surprised. Plummer was a good right bastard. Oh, yeah. But it's well, Christopher Plummer, what do you expect? He always seems to be, even, you know, he just seems to be a bad guy. Yeah. Even and, when he's a good guy, yeah, it's this, like he's a bad guy. He's got this underlying kind of smarminess, but yeah. not like David Patrick Kelly. Right, right. You know, who's just oozing it, you know. Um, Plummer has this calm. Yeah. Evil. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. Now, this one, I was going to say, I'm surprised this one hasn't been remade because it's a great concept. Mm-hmm. And what they, and again, with CGI, what they can do today 
it seems like this would be somebody would go, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. And yeah. just boom, blow it out of the water with these big, huge dream pieces, you know? Yeah, it is kind of surprising. But, uh, and maybe somebody has remade it and it just didn't do well. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't I haven't looked that up. Well, but maybe when I was should've. looking up Dreamscape, this is the only thing that came up. Hmm. Now, they could have done it with a different title, but nothing in when I was researching this movie showed me that there had been another one. Right. And, you know, you see them remake movies all the time, but they remake very successful movies, it seems like, big movies to cash in on the name. But, you know, think of what they could do with a movie like this. That was It's a good, solid little movie. But it wasn't a big movie, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, we've said that about remakes a lot. You yeah. know, why do they remake good movies? Well, we know why, because like you said, they want to cash in on yeah. the name and the notoriety. But why not find a movie that had a good idea, but it wasn't executed well yeah. and do that? Yeah, which this one was, though. It had a good idea. It was executed well. It was a small, quick movie, but it was very well done. And I was thoroughly entertained, which is makes it a good movie. You know, unlike a lot of bigger movies, especially nowadays, which they have huge budgets, they might have a big name star or two, and I'm just like, eh, they're forgettable. You know, I don't really care to see them again. But this one, I'd watch this again with anybody. Yeah, I agree. I liked it a lot. I'll definitely watch it again. Actually, I probably should watch it again because I'm yeah. just kind of watching well, you know, it. I, 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 actually, I would like to see find a Blu-ray of it to see if they had any extras because I would love to see some extras on the, the effects. And the makeup and stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and that was one of the things I forgot to mention. I have found that on Tubi, while the quality is usually pretty decent and they have a, a good variety of things that are harder to find, they often don't have closed captions. So if you oh. have an issue with that, like I do, you may have to listen really loudly. Yeah. While so we've been we... sitting here, <laughs> both uh, consulting the Magic Oracle through the miracle of editing. Yeah, the only thing that came up was, um, it's not a remake of Dreamscape, but the movie Inception, which I did see. And it kind of the same idea about entering dreams, you know, being able to manipulate the dream yourself and blah, blah, blah. Of course, Inception was a pretty ingenious film. And it's one of those that leaves you just wondering in the end. Yeah. You know, but honestly, Dreamscape's more fun. <laughs> well, you know, and it had a it had a pretty cool poster. Dreamscape? Yeah, and it's one of those posters, one of those art posters by like, you know, I have to look to see it, like Drew Struzan, but you know, those guys who did like Indiana Jones and Star Wars posters and, you know, they're just beautiful artwork. Yeah. And it looks like an Indiana Jones poster. Okay. Which is funny because Kate Capshaw's in it. You know? <laughs> right. But it... It doesn't sell this movie. It's To me, looking at the poster, it sells a different movie. Oh. Even though it has a lot of the elements from the movie yeah. around the edges of the, the poster. Yeah. It still um, doesn't bring to mind what you're seeing in yeah, the Yeah, the image is, is Dennis Quaid's character standing there in a leather jacket and looking like Indiana Jones in a leather jacket and tan pants. Yeah. Holding a torch. <laughs> uh, Kate Capshaw's behind him and a little kid standing behind on the other side behind him and there's flames behind him and Christopher Plummer's face like... Wow. Like the guy in uh, in red in the background, kind of yeah. like the guy from Temple of Doom. That's and, really bizarre. And well, here, look, I'll show you the picture so you can yeah, and talk about it with me. See, that pretty much is Indiana Jones over again, yeah, isn't it? It really is. You know, yeah. So they were they were just kind of capitalizing on Kate Capshaw and Indiana. Well, Jones. did now did Indiana Jones? What year did that come out? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember because Raiders came out in eighty, I think. What was this again? Eighty four, eighty three, eighty four. 84. Oh, Temple of Doom came out the same year, 84. Oh. So 
maybe they came up. That is pretty weird. Yeah, and we'll um we'll put a picture up on the Facebook page if you guys want to take a look at the poster. Oh yeah. And Rob will have to put the temple poster up beside it yeah. so you can see. I mean, they're not the same no, poster. No, 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 but you can tell the similarities. It could have been poster. Yeah, you it's can that, definitely see yeah. it. And look, they were, they were capitalizing on the adventure aspect of it. Yeah. Which, I don't know, since dreamscape, I would have gone more with the dream aspect yeah. of it. You know? I mean, you know, I know people go with what's hot, but I don't know. I, I don't I, I think don't the po- see I think the poster would... probably hurt it. You think? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because it shows a different movie than what it was. Yeah. And if people are expecting any Indiana Jones type adventure movie. Yeah. Sorely disappointed. Well, you know, I would be curious to see what the trailer for this is like because I haven't watched it. Well, we will watch it um, as soon as we're done here. We shall do that. Maybe yeah. it'll show up on a future Phantasma trailer vault. And hey, everybody. Speaking of that, nice segue. <laughs> I think we may have talked about this on the last episode of we did. the podcast here, but... We have started another branch of the Phantasmo brand here. I've started doing a video show on YouTube called the Phantasmo Trailer Vault. Thanks to Greg and Matt and Matt, the camera and editing and light light and producing and the whole nine yards. Yeah, me being the dancing monkey in front of the camera. <laughs> and basically it's me sitting there in the Phantasmo, uh, the dark corner of the Phantasmo Lounge and you just come in and join me. We sit there and watch trailers for about a half hour and I talk about the trailers a little bit and uh, give you something to think about. We watch some more trailers until yeah. uh, it's over and have a lot of fun doing that. So It's apparently gotten some uh, decent feedback, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, the first episode we have put out and the second one is being edited as we speak. Hopefully it'll be out soon. So check it out on the YouTubes, <laughs> Phantasmo Trailer Vault. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying doing it. So All right. That's about it, I guess. I can't think of anything else to say about Dreamscape except, hey, check it out. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a lot of fun. Give it a watch and, uh, you know, sit back, have a good time. Yeah. So we've got one more thing to do. We do, That we indeed. do at the end of most every episode. We have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. about that right? okay now again as i say that each episode here about this just for anybody who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about buddy clayton and i came up with this game many years before the six degrees of kevin bacon where we find that you could connect anything and anybody in the world back to the original planet of the apes movies or series in a few short steps usually so most episodes here at the end phyllis is going to give me somebody from the movie we're talking about and i will try to connect them back to planet of the apes as quick as i can so I think I'm going to go with Dennis Quaid because I think I can even connect Capshaw back. So you do Dennis Quaid. Okay, Dennis Quaid. Let's see. Dennis Quaid. There's a couple of ways to go. I'm trying to decide which way I want to go. Okay. Um, Sometimes the longer way is more fun, but oh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll do do the short way and or whatever. You choose. Okay, okay. Give me a second. Okay. There you go. How about this? Dennis Quaid was in a movie called Inner Space with Kevin McCarthy. Okay. As Martin Short. Yep. Martin Short was the lead with, with Dennis Quaid, but Kevin McCarthy was in it. Mm-hmm. Kevin McCarthy was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the lead in the movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. Okay. The remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Leonard Nimoy was in. Leonard Nimoy was Spock in Star Trek, mm-hmm. and Mark Leonard played as Sarek, 
Spock's father, Mark Leonard, was Orko on Planet of the Apes TV show. Well, that was relatively simple. <laughs> Do you have another direction that you wanted to go? You were debating. Um, yeah, I was trying to go. Let me see. Let's see if I can go that direction too. Okay. Dennis Quaid was in Jaws 3D. I believe Lou Gossett was in that. Lou Gossett Jr. was in that. Okay. Lou Gossett Jr. was an officer and a gentleman with Deborah Winger. Mm-hmm. Deborah Winger was Wonder Girl on the Wonder Woman TV show with Linda Carter and Lyle Wagoner. Wagoner. Lyle Wagoner did a audition for the Batman TV show, 1966. <laughs> An audition? Well, yeah. There's video of him as Bruce Wayne and in the Batman suit. Right. For the Batman 66 show. On the actual show, Roddy McDowell played Bookworm. Planet of Planet Apes. Apes. Well, <laughs> I guess you have proven once again that the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. It does. Go watch the original Planet of the movies cartoon the tv series which are a lot of fun and go watch dreamscape yes you should i think that's about it for this one that's all i got all right well till next time thanks for listening everybody good night good night his only way out is to go back in to the dreamscape 